Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast where we get bold about our balance and campaign to shake the shame that stunts our growth. I'm your host, Nikita Figpen, Balance and Relationship Advisor for Bold Women in Business and a Few Brave Men. Yo, it is 2018. We are at the beginning of a new year and a new you. And I am not talking about old school resolutions that 50% of you are going to drop by January 18th and 90% of you are going to drop by February 3rd. I'm just talking about you stepping into all of the amazingness that you are meant to be and everything that you are meant to do and taking advantage of the fact that you woke up this morning with breath in your body and mobility of your limbs and the soulfulness to move through every single obstacle that will come your way because of course why wouldn't it it's supposed to interrupt your greatness and you are supposed to push past all of that unapologetically to do everything that you were supposed to do you were built for a reason and I use built on purpose you guys know that I have missed you I hope you have enjoyed all the amazing compilations we've been giving we did our first four four part dreamers and doers balance boldly series over the last few weeks to wrap up the end of 2017 and as we move into 2018 with all of the greatness, I could think of no better person than this iconic man who I've had the pleasure to have multiple conversations with and enjoy a snowy lunch with in downtown Philadelphia. Well, actually, that's not true. It was Northern Liberties, Philadelphia, but I don't want to give you my address. So (laughs) we had an amazing, amazing lunch. His spirit is so sweet. He is joyful and he's a little bit of a knack. I'm going to tell all the ladies that because he's very handsome. My husband will appreciate that. He knows that I have eyes and I can see. Um, He is incredible. So let me introduce you to Samir Samal. He's Chief Financial Officer at Blue Ocean Global Wealth and Blue Ocean Global Technology. Prior to co-founding Blue Ocean Global Wealth, he was Senior Investor Investment and Analyst at the Bank of Nova Scotia and a financial advisor and intermediary at Morgan Stanley. His bio is longer than I could absolutely do this morning on this particular episode, but I will tell you that he sits on several boards. He's a keynote presenter. He fosters education and partnerships very naturally on a national and international level. He sits on the board of education as a women's initiative advocate and in 2017 was just like yesterday, he was named an iconic leader creating a better world for all by the All Ladies League and Women Economic Forum, which is another reason that I love him because he's about women's advancement, which is absolutely in my lane and in my spirit. Samir, welcome to the Balance Boldly podcast. How are you today? Nikita, I'm always thankful for what we have and thankful for our friendship and delighted to be here. Thank you so much for your kind and, and overly generous words. And in fact, um, you said so many nice things. I wasn't sure if you were talking about me, but uh, it's certainly a pleasure to be here. Uh, that's why I love you, Samir. You're so humble and you're so energetic. And for those that will get an opportunity and have the spirited blessing to meet you one day forward, to have a an opportunity to literally tap into the excellence that sits in the reserve of your mind, they will appreciate when I say that you represent everything that is great about the ability to move forward, like literally. For anyone who has ever felt stuck in their lane, who felt stuck in a previous profession, who felt like they couldn't get past their writer's block or get past their nerves so they could speak if that was their endeavor to do so, you just represent all the things that are amazing. 
sitting with you a few weeks ago, actually, right before the holiday and having an opportunity to just, you know, poly with you more than anything. I appreciated how honest and open you were because, you know, I'm a little quirky and anyone who's ever who has ever met me will say that. And you just embrace all of my quirkiness with like no issue whatsoever. So I super appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. So why don't you tell people a little bit about who you are and where you come from and some of the obstacles you have to push past just to get to this place that you are right now moving into more amazingness as we broach 2018. Well, first off, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm really looking forward to um, further investing in this friendship. And I think life is ultimately about the journey. Like the journey is where we live. And when someone meets me, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I'm oftentimes asked, uh, and when I speak on the subject of networking and the intangibles, like the one question that people always get asked is, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And we get one first impression. We immediately start judging people based upon how they respond to that. And so rather than saying, you know, I'm co-founder and CFO of Blue Ocean Global Technology and Blue Ocean Global Wealth, I always say, first and foremost, I'm an educator. I'm passionate about learning and sharing information to help others make the most informed decisions. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm also an entrepreneur, a speaker, a subject matter expert witness, uh, but I am genuinely a leader of learning. And that allows me to constantly be a person of value, uh, whether that's to friends like yourself, to clients, to business partners. And I think that ultimately we're a function uh, Nikita, what we invest in ourselves and other people. Yeah, no, that's pretty amazing. And I love how you said a leader of learning, uh, because many people, when you think of leadership, you immediately jump into, you know, leading other people or leading a specific project. And you're like, well, first it starts with me. I'm going to lead myself by constantly pouring into myself. So I super appreciate that because I think that's unfortunately something that's missing for a lot of people is self-development and literally growing yourself first before you look out the window and start peering into how other people could grow themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think as human beings, we love to take inventory. And my business partner, Rita, is a master of this. Like, she competes against herself. Mm -hmm. It's not about a competition and a win and lose. It's about her doing the absolute best she can. And I think that's a great model. And I think you know, leadership, sometimes we think it's this rah-rah, sis-boom-ba, like I'm louder, I'm a leader, I'm, you know, on a sports team, and I, or I'm a coach, I'm getting everyone excited to play the game. Like, leadership by example is the most powerful, and, you know, men struggle with this, of course, relative to women using your ears and mouth proportionately, and <laughs> wanting to better your best, and I think where we have a common foundation, we connected so quickly, is we both are, are serious people, but we don't necessarily take ourselves seriously. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, leadership is the ability to engage and collaborate uh, effectively with a group of, of individuals. And, you know, a successful leader must mentor, monitor, motivate their team uh, to consistently achieve results. And, you know, leaders have clairvoyance. They're able to see the future uh, and identify uh, and, and ultimately have the courage to, to seize opportunities. And again, I just want to emphasize that I think leadership comes from within. 
You have to be a leader of yourself before mm-hmm. you can lead other people. And uh, I think that when we can lead ourselves, uh, that's a, a starting point. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen, there's a visual, um, I guess I'll call it a meme, where there's a group of wolves walking through, I don't know, a snowy mountain or something. And it literally breaks down that in real wolf packs, the leader is in the back, making sure no one gets left mm-hmm. behind. And that's, you know, the definition of showing through your action first and not being like, oh, I have to be in the front and show everyone that the wolf that is the leader showed the one in the front how to go forward. And he or she, whatever, you know, sits in the back to make sure that they show up in their action self. So I totally 100 percent agree with you, um, which kind of parlays into something that you and I were talking about mm-hmm. um, when I think actually on our first conversation, because we had Doug. Kubop um, from Mainline Financial is who introduced us. And when we had our first conversation, we were talking about, you know, not being afraid to take risks and be mindful of how the greatest strength comes through collaborations and partnering, but also being able to vet those particular partners. And I know that you have, obviously you have Rita, who's your partner at Blue Ocean Global, Te- is she the partner at Blue Ocean Global Technology or for both Global Wealth? For and- both companies. Yeah, no, blessed to have um, the 90% I joke of our intellectual capital with, with Rita. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Um, but you know, you had to take a risk to open yourself up to partner with someone and trust them with the other half of your brand, the other half of your finances, the other half of your client's engagement process. And, you know, just all the things that you had to do there. How did that look for you? Um, Being as though, you know, she's not like your mom or your sister or someone that you grew up with that you absolutely kind of know the ins and outs of. And you had to open yourself up to recognize that you could go grow bigger and go harder if you share that energy, the time, the resources, and the struggles with someone else? Well, I, I think ultimately synergy and collaboration can be multiplicative when you have different skill sets. And I've been blessed to have a business partner that uh, is so wise and patient. And I mean, many times I've been climbing the wrong ladder, Nikita, to get to the top of the wrong building. And Rita's been like, hey, slow down, Samir. How are we um, going about this? And I think right. that when you think about life and in business, you know, our fears are more dangerous than our dangers. Mm-hmm. We've heard it. Yeah. The biggest risk is the one that we don't take. And I think that ultimately that is really true. And, you know, I was reviewing one of the things that I'm a big believer first and foremost, Nikita, in the abundance mentality. And I try to spend as much of my free time. In fact, as you know, my mantra is the man or woman who doesn't read good books has no advantage over the man or woman who can't read. Mm-hmm. And I have a process for going about learning and, and, and self-study. And I read books. I underline them. I go back uh, and reread the underlined portion. Sometimes I type that out. And I just want to read a line from Steve Jobs from his biography by Walter Isaacson that uh, I think I reread it three, four times and just thinking about it because it was so powerful. And, you know, Steve Jobs said, uh, you know, uh, after his second act, during his second act at Apple, he said, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered 
to help me make the big choices in life. Hmm. Because almost everything, all the external expectations, all the pride, all the fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you're going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You're already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. And I mean, death is a little bit taboo, but every life without exception is a short one. And I think that I'm not saying I approach decisions like Steve Jobs, but I do remind myself that time is our most precious asset. And if we're not going to take risks, we're not going to grow and we're not going to achieve. And um, I just thought that would be, be helpful for the audience. I know I'm getting a little bit deep here, but um, I hope no. it's important and helpful. No, it's at, first of all, it's absolutely helpful. And second, you can never go too deep on Balance Bully Podcast. You know, <laughs> we, we talk about everything from the boardroom to the bedroom. So this is absolutely true, true. In the lane. Um, and I love that you talked about that. I will say from a, a personal experience uh, with losing one of my mother elements, one of my mm-hmm. aunts who passed from cancer October 23rd of 2017 was a shakeup. For me, I won't say I wake up because I I kind of see myself as someone who's always woke, and I know you understand that um, mm-hmm. from multiple cultural le- levels when I use that terminology of being woke. Um, but it shook me a little harder and reminded me that we we do have a very small amount of time, regardless of whether or not we're going to be here for forty or fifty more years. That time flies by, and if you start to pay attention to what you want and not just what you need, it makes a major difference from that same space that you started this conversation with from an abundance mentality. Mm -hmm. Like stop living from paycheck to paycheck or invoice to invoice and client to client or whatever the case is, you know, depending on what the the specific balance boat listeners issue or challenge may be and start looking up and forward to what it is that you want to do and using that, um, the, the energy and the education from the quote that you just pulled, if they put death in front of them and say, hey, you know, I don't have a lot of time, I think it makes looking up and forward a lot more palatable so that people actually want to charge towards their dreams and and let go of passions that they're not actually passionate about anymore. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so many people hold on to, oh, well, you know, everyone said I was going to be a singer and I tried that for a little while and they expect me to be a singer or they expect me to be a lawyer or they expect me to be the entrepreneur that's invested in, I don't know, uh, uh, shoes or, or as an accountant, whatever it is that people expect you to do. I say screw that, break the expectations and do what you want, even if it's breaking your own expectation that you're no longer interested in that thing you just happen to be really good at. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think sometimes, um, you know, pride will will kill someone. And mm. I think that the number of people that will let you down in life are like stars in the sky. My dad taught me and it proves true. Having said that, it takes a tremendous amount of effort, energy, Uh, and purpose to approach every single new person. For instance, I've been let down by people and been disappointed, as have you, and we've talked Mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. But if I approach meeting Nikita with any less enthusiasm, open-mindedness than I do every single time, well, then I miss the opportunity to truly connect with you if I'm a little bit reserved. So you have to go in it and give the effort to every person knowing that some people it's it's not ultimately going to work out. And I think our opportunity set in life 
is a function of the choices we make and how we spend our time. Mm -hmm. And if something isn't going to go on forever, it eventually stops. And people figure things out. You know, life and, and, and happiness are a function of relationships. And I view every opportunity to make a new friend uh, as a precious one, and it's a responsibility. Uh, and in order to build and, and grow ourselves, a successful company, we need to surround ourselves with purposeful people and people that um, ultimately strive to be of value. No, you made such a really good point because I immediately, like I'm always looking for that, um, that hidden shame spot. You know, you and I have talked about, you know, shaking the shame prior to this. And for a lot of people, things that we, you know, you and I might take for granted, like standing on a stage in front of 5,000 people is the same as standing on a stage in front of, or no stage at all and being in a, a room of five. But for other people, there's a, a lot of resistance because of prior situations that they've been in that maybe didn't work out so well for them. So when you use the example of, you know, having relationships not go the way that you would have wanted to, but you still take the, you know, the next hour, the next day to look at the next person as a new mm -hmm. opportunity. How do you do that? Because there are people who are not networking right now for their businesses. They're, they're technically afraid to network. They're tired of it. They don't want to shake hands and kiss babies, as the politicians say, because they feel like so many people don't have great follow through or follow up or whatever, or maybe them themselves, they're like overwhelmed. So what do you do to kind of like psych yourself up and get ready for, you know what? David over here kind of messed up. I had a lot of hopes for him. He didn't stay true to his word, but I'm about to go meet Nia. And I want to give Nia an opportunity to not treat her like, you know, how I'm feeling about David right now. Like, how do you deal with that for some people that disconnect that could come up when you're just kind of tired of it? Well, you can only backfill the data points in terms of understanding how you got to the point you're at. So I remind myself of some of the friendships and partnerships and clients that I've met and how I've met them. Mm -hmm. For instance, I uh, was an employee at Dundee Wealth US and the Bank of Nova Scotia, and I worked with my colleague uh, Wayne Lesage, uh, who was my boss at the time, and Oscar Caracas, and instead of, and DJ French, of course, uh, and instead of approaching how do we market Canadian mutual funds to U.S. investors in the typical way, we created and we wrote a white paper called The Case for Canada, and we built a presentation. And I went out there and spoke to groups of investors and financial advisors, and we worked incredibly hard. And guess what? In the audience at one of those engagements was Rita. Mm. And she heard me speak, and uh, I said, you know, how's this? mother of three outworking me and she said you know who's the speaker that uh is relatively younger in terms of years uh to some of these other speakers and, and is so well thoughtful and prepared and helpful uh, and that's how we connected uh but I could have easily approached and said hey you know it's not my job uh to build this presentation or write this white paper so I think sometimes uh we don't realize just how much we can accomplish by investing in ourselves yeah. And uh, doing the work. Like if I look at uh, where good things have happened in my life and where there have been failures, in a large part, the good things have resulted from me doing the work and other people being able to contribute and, and see that. Uh, whereas I think sometimes we rely upon other people. And then 
we maybe you could get caught in that cycle. And because we're talking about Philadelphia, one of my personal heroes, uh, Dr. Benjamin Franklin, who said, Nikita, that any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think that, you know, that's another point from uh, my business partner, Rita, is that she's so mindful of not uh, complaining or criticizing other people. And uh, I think, you know, the, the, the strong are kind and the, and the weak are cruel. And uh, if we take the time to reflect along the way and assess the progress, the relationships, and how we've gotten there, we can improve and we can get better. Having said that, that's not going to happen from just, you know, spending nine to five on our professional lives. Yeah. People say, well, Samir, you know, do you ever, do you ever not work? And I explain that, you know, I'm living my dream. <laughs> this mm-hmm. isn't necessarily work for me. This is my identity. You know, this is my life. Uh, and the foundation of, if you study successful people in politics and business, uh, it's all about long-term relationships and you can always better your best on that front. (laughs) I know that's right. Well, you know, also what a lot of people don't know about you and I'll give a little sneak preview is you're an early riser like I am. Um, and people always laugh at me. They're like, you're getting up too daggone early. What's wrong with you? But I, you know, obviously we want to take advantage of all the hours that we have to enjoy the experience that we are creating. Cause I do believe we're creating our own realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the reality of that, like you take care of you, you definitely work a lot. And you and I were, you know, joking about that a few weeks ago, like, dang, you know, after football, before football, but, mm-hmm. but you still get your football in, right? Like you still get to watch your game. You still get to enjoy that time. And you also wake up early to take care of you as well. So share with all the dreamers and doers out there that are trying to figure out how to handle everything that they're handling, um, obviously customized to their own lives, but how do you handle a typical Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a morning person. I'm a morning person because through the study of others, I've realized the uh, advantages of it. And, you know, like on uh, a weekday, if, you know, I'm up by four and I've put in three hours and then I go to the gym, you know, most people haven't gotten to the office. And I think you know, Elon Musk talks about this. He says that if you're doing the same thing as competition or peers and you're spending 100 hours a week and they're spending 40, you'll accomplish, uh, you know, what they would in a fraction of the time over, you know, the course of a year. And so, you know, my typical Sunday on a football Sunday, uh, because I love football, uh, (laughs) is I'll try to get up as early as possible, hopefully between uh, four and, and five, five thirty, and I'll try to get some email done. I'll try to spend some time with myself, mm-hmm. uh, reflect, write in the journal, uh, think about things that I want to accomplish. I'll usually work on some writing assignments. Uh, I love football, but you know, Jeffrey Lurie, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, is, is not buying me a Ferrari. <laughs> so, uh, I think I'm emotionally intelligent about football. I enjoy it, but I don't get so vested as maybe I did. 15, 20 years ago. Uh, And so, you know, I'll watch football on mute and sometimes I'll have friends come over and they'll be like, Samir, like, you know, why you got to be on your computer? And it's because I enjoy and I set up different tasks that I can do during football. And then they may make a comment again. I'll say, you know what? I think you can watch football at your own house then. (laughs) then I'll log my computer. So um, I 
I think sometimes like it's almost like budgeting. Like I've spoken on you know one of our company tools from Global Wealth, and I've explained that you know sometimes the the the, the peer pressure of uh, you know spending, people want to go out and you know just being able to say to someone, hey, you know what? Like I want to be mindful of my money. I don't want to go out on Friday and Saturday this weekend. Right. So I think the courage to to speak up and to speak your mind, but also be respectful. Uh, is important. And so, you know, I try uh, to have as, as much of that me time. In fact, one of my New Year's resolutions is to spend more time with myself and be even more thoughtful about where I invest my time uh, and others. And that's, you know, that's not some revelation from Einstein. <laughs> that's just something I'm trying to do to improve. But I think in doing so, uh, I, I think it's only going to result in in further progress. Uh, but I hope that um hope that helped answer your question. No, it totally did, and it absolutely like you have some kind of unapologetic pause time built into your your daily routine, which is great. A lot of people don't get that to have that time to exercise, to read, for self development, for personal mm-hmm. growth. So you kind of build it in. But I appreciate your 2018 goal to be more selective with what you do and enjoy the time. So you get to enjoy the process of this journey that you're on and to create it, which is pretty freaking incredible. Um, Me time is super important to me. I I talk about it all the time. It's why I created the permission to pause micro retreat because I know that people need it. Um, And we don't often give ourselves that permission. We feel guilty about, you know, the fact that we want to watch football but we have all this work to do or vice versa Mm -hmm. Um, some people have a planned vacation and just can't turn it off so i i totally respect it i get that um so that does lead me to one of our couple of wrap-up questions um with all the greatness because you know you and i could talk forever um what do you do when you're feeling you know what i do all this great stuff on a day-to-day basis but i need a little bit more i need something that i can do with full boundary that's non-negotiable that I call your unapologetic pause. What do you do for yourself, even if it's on an annual basis to take care of you? Well, you know, I think on a daily basis, I, I try to exercise. <laughs> I try to uh, actually, I don't forget trying, uh, you know, hope is a strategy. I do exercise at least six times a week and I make sure that uh, I remind myself that health is wealth. In fact, yeah. one of Uh, I think Rita's mantra is so profound. It's, you know, so many people spend their health to gain wealth only to spend their wealth to try to regain their health. Mm. And so I try to spend that time with myself and the exercise, it's a competitive advantage. You know, some might say, oh, I don't have time to work out. Working out allows us to pause, reflect, to think. I'm also more productive and I'm the type of person that, I'm a different person if I've worked out uh, in, in a particular day. Uh, and so though that's one on, on, unapologetic. I also try to work uh, incredibly hard and put the time in so that I can continually uh, read and invest in myself. Of course, that relates to uh, being able to be more of value when you're a speaker, when you're serving clients, because uh, that knowledge, right? Like you try to go to bed a little bit smarter every day. Uh, you make a conscious effort of that and you're ultimately going to be able to help more people and that's going to attract more positive energy and, and good things in your life. Um, you know, and, and I think reading uh, and making a priority of that, you know, some people, oh, Samir, I'm too busy. I'm too busy, you know, and I 
my, my always response to that is Henry David Thoreau. It's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. And I ask people, you know, what are the, in fact, that's one of the questions when we're, when we're looking at new candidates is, uh, you know, Hey, what are the last few books you've read? Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. casually, like, like what books have you read in the last year? Uh, and, uh, you know, I think giving back, I think, a foundational tenant of both of our companies is you make a living by what you get and a life by what you give. Exactly. And I try to spend my time volunteering. You know, I'm on the board, for instance, of uh, the RJ, the Robert J. Leonard Foundation that helps foster care children age out of the system. Uh, and I've personally implemented financial literacy curriculum to help them. And through that, I've met people and been in situations that have resulted in many, many more opportunities, not because I'm seeking them, but because they seek you. People say, wow, well, you know, Samir is someone that gives his time here. When I learned about what he does, I could see why he would be trustworthy there. So uh, I, I try to, you know, give back where I can. And relationships are about giving. They're not about getting. Uh, you know, something as simple as you meet someone and like I drove down uh, to Philly and I was late uh, to go uh, to my next appointment and you're insisting that you're paying for lunch for me. And, <laughs> and I'm used to paying for lunch for others. And I'm like, you know, and, and you gave me that Nikita look where you're like, <laughs> I don't think you understand Samira. Like, like I've already made the decision here. And right. so I immediately make a mental note, but, you know, people forget what you said, they forget what you did, but they never forget how you made them feel. And so my first impression and memory of our meeting, you're always going to be like, wow, like I went down there and Akita was awesome. We talked about the podcast. We connected on so many different fronts. We didn't put pressure on how we need to work together or do business, but she was insistent on picking a, a nice place and paying for lunch. Like that's something that I'm used to doing for others. So you have you know, more appreciate, uh, more appreciation for that. So, uh, you know, that's giving, you know, and, and I try to give it as much as possible, you know, the organizations like Future Business Leaders of America, when I go and speak there, or the America India Foundation, uh, you know, or the, or the Women's Economic Forum, uh, as you mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. I think giving back to the community that has a way of coming back to you multifold. And again, I'm a big believer in transparency. And there have been studies that have proven that actually giving is an addiction giving is also can is very selfish psychologically because those who know the true benefits of giving they know how that helps them over the long term and so um you know it's you know few things are wholly good or wholly evil but rather an inseparable combination of the two and so i think you need to give uh but not have so many expectations some people give and they keep so much score Right. I give and then I give some more and it allows me to assess people. And, you know, so I think, you know, I'll close here with humility and gratitude are really the essence of, of life. People know when you care and when you try to genuinely help them. And I try to leave positive energy with every person that I meet. And karma has a way of returning this to you over the course of your life. Mm-mm-mm. You know, you're speaking my language. We're about to go into a whole nother thing. Uh, <laughs> and because you are, you know, my first, I tell all of my clients that it's important to create guiding principles for yourself yeah. 
and for your business. And obviously you have your set principles for yourself, you know, both personally and professionally. And my number one guiding principle that equally translates over to my business as well, the first tenet of our business is the 3G mindset, which is give, give, grow. You give in your energy, mm -hmm. give in your resources, and you grow in your gratitude. And that's, you know, that keeps you from quote unquote, keeping score. Like, you know what, I'm giving here, I'm giving there, and I'm going to grow in the gratitude because at the end of the day, the circle of life is it will come back to me, not necessarily from that person, but mm -hmm. from other people. And you're right, giving is selfish, which is why I mm -hmm. love being selfish. Like, it's so amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't get me started. So Samir, how can people contact you? How can they get more of Samir Small? Absolutely. My... Uh, phone number, of course, is 202-276-7589. My email address uh, is just my first initial last name at Blue Ocean Global Text. I think email phone uh, works. And, you know, uh, again, I, I always, like, when I reach out to others, like, you know, try to come with, with no agenda and to learn and do your homework. Like, it's one thing to listen to the podcast and say, oh, I'm going to reach out to Samir. He said something that resonated. It's an entirely different wavelength of trust and opportunity if you take the time to read a little bit about Samir and think about things that he's done that may be synergistic for ways that you're spending your time. That's right. uh, and that's how I try to approach. That's why um, I think we've become such fast friends. <laughs> Which I love. Is there a favorite social media platform that people can connect with you, like that you prefer? You know, it's a technology. Now, you know, we're opening up a whole other uh, conversation here. Right. But, you know, I, I, it's a love-hate relationship, right? Like, isn't it amazing how technology, uh, you know, has brought us close to people far away, but taken us away from people close to us? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have profiles. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm active. I would say my favorite social media platform is definitely LinkedIn. And okay. because uh, to to quote my friend Laura Verrilli, because I've used the internet to get off the internet so many times on LinkedIn to make new friendships from a digital connection. So that's why I value LinkedIn because it has allowed me to make new friends and colleagues and business partners. Uh, and so I would say that's probably a reason it's, it's my favorite is that I've been able to meet people with the professional common ground but that's resulted in personal friendship, earning mutual respect and trust, which has been a driver uh, because of that personal relationship of then doing things professionally in, in this cycle. I absolutely love that. I love LinkedIn, too, for that exact reason. Use the internet to get off the internet. That's phenomenal, Samir. You're amazing. I thank you so much. I'm honored, Samir, that you took time out of your very full and productive, notice I didn't say busy, full and productive day on another snowy day for those that I know, are right? snowing again uh, the day that we're recording that. I think we have a thing. We have a pattern, Samir. We're like, we're meeting in the snow all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really honored and grateful and thankful, truly humbled that you would take so much time out because I know you're traveling across the globe, speaking on stages, educating, and being educated as a leader of learning. So I truly, truly do thank you for today. Oh, well, you know, all I can say is thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for being so purposeful. And uh, I'm delighted and honored to contribute to the learning, growth, uh, and education of your audience and the STEAM network of friends, family, and colleagues.
Balance Boldly listeners, all of the dreamers and doers out there, I pray and I hope and I am hopeful that you have been filled in your belly and in your spirit with all of the great things that our wonderful featured guest expert, Samir Small, brought to you today. I thank you again, listeners, for taking a moment out of your day to allow us to plant positive seeds in your life, your relationships, and your business. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the Balance Boldly podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share it to help us ensure that all the other bold and brave have access to these valuable balance tools. And in good Balance Boldly podcast fashion, I want to sign off with a little gentle honesty, courtesy of our guests. They typically don't know that I'm like grabbing all these takeaways. And Samir said so many things. It was honestly hard for me to pick like, what's my favorite? So I'll start with the one that I actually grabbed from him the first day we met. The quote of gentle honesty then was life is too short to play small, which was so just relevant, first of all, but it was also a memorable statement for everything that he clearly dreams about, talks about, and is living in all of his actions. But today's gentle honesty moment was our fears are more dangerous than our dangers. And I super appreciated that, Samir. That was amazing and incredible. For all of you who are not already a member, come on over and join the community of investors who've decided to seed into themselves and balance boldly with the Dreamers Blueprint. Let's maximize your potential and your profits. Just go to dreamersblueprint.com and continue the conversation from the podcast today. You know, my favorite places that I actually do pay attention and check on um, on a regular basis are Instagram more and more and more and Twitter. And I'm at Balance Boldly on both. Of course, you can always find us on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. But if you really want to catch me like with a five minute response time when I'm not doing like super, super, super important work, which is like never, you can always continue the conversation on Twitter and IG at Balance Boldly. I look forward to seeing you guys again. So I'll see you on the next episode. Until then, set your intention to enjoy the balance of your day, but do it boldly.